I've got something that I want to set up here for a second, or it'll just take me a second. And I need uh, I need my volunteer that I've already talked to, who said she would come and help me out, to come on up. So Rebecca, who's just back from Ontario and was just feeling like she was kind of out of things as far as the church, so I thought, well, I'll just get her up here and she can uh, be right part of things. She asked me. Yes, I did. Okay. You can open this bag. And what Rebecca's going to start doing here, notice that she's got some hand sanitizer. This is going to come in very important later on, so just be aware of that, okay? She's... Uh, She's going to be cutting some fruit. Yeah, well, whatever works for you, okay? If you want to, however it works for you. And if the table's too small, we can get the other table up here. There, you're all set. Okay, excellent. You are on a TV show. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Let me uh, start by asking this question. Um, what is it that I'm doing? This morning, during this lesson time, like I, we have this time every Sunday morning. Church has been having this for a long, long time, where somebody gets up and he addresses an audience of people on a Sunday morning while they're worshiping, and they're they're compelled to to be there anyway. Uh, whether or not they listen is their choice, but they have they're they're here. And if you all just got up all of a sudden and left, then we all know that that would be very strange, and I'd feel really bad. And so we wouldn't want you to do that. So we do this thing every Sunday morning where this fellow stands up and he preaches. And he talks from the word of God. But what is it that's trying to be achieved when I do this? Like, I don't get up and think to myself, well, my goal is to bore everyone to tears for the next 25 minutes. That's not my goal. There are some other things that I have in mind when I get up like this on a Sunday morning. And so I'd like you to just tell me the kind of things that you think are supposed to happen when a preacher preaches. What's supposed to happen? What's that? Engage. Engage between me and you. Engaged between you and the Word of God. Engaged with you and the Holy Spirit. Okay, I agree. I just felt a big drop of of uh, fruit juice on my arm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> encourage. Sure, we're supposed to encourage one another. I'd like to think that from time to time you come here and you leave thinking, well, I'm a little encouraged by the word of God and something that Kelly said. Okay? What else? What's that? Instruct. Sure. Hopefully there's some instruction that goes on. Uh, I would like to think that we have an opportunity for teaching here. And so if there's somebody here who doesn't know the particular scripture that we're looking at this morning, that you would learn something about that scripture and some teaching would take place. I agree. What else? What's that? Edify. Yeah. Encourage. Build one another up. Somebody says something else. Faith. Feed. Is that what you're saying? Sorry, he's in that cloistered room back there. I can't really hear that well. Yeah, feed. Like, I'd like to think that people would be fed somehow and not just with fruit, but that there would actually be some spiritual feeding that would take place for sure. What's that? Preparation. Preparation for the week. Sure, because we're going out into the week. You, you get here, you get encouraged, and you go from, from here to, to uh, 
be prepared for that week. Somebody else said something over here. Challenge? Did you say in the name of Jesus? Sure. Okay. What, what do you mean when you say that, Gary? What do you mean by challenge? Like you're thinking that I'm challenging, the Word of God is challenging. Okay. Okay. Some kind of challenge. I agree. Show you the way to the cross. Oh, Erica, that's very good. I just love the notion of... If we have a chance to show somebody to the to the, way, the to the foot of the cross, to the way of the cross, that's fantastic. Grace. Sure. Yeah. There's something there that's going to happen for sure. Reaffirming. Yeah. Reaffirming the things that we already believe. Okay. All those things. I, like we want to see those things take place. I and and let me tell you, Gary kind of said something that I want to focus on this morning, uh, because. My goal, if I had to think about what this morning is all about, is that I know there's teaching, I know there's edification, I know that there's showing people the cross, uh, there's lots of things that go on, but if I had to make a choice about what I want to have happen this morning, it would have to do with this notion of challenging. In fact, let me share with you that um, yesterday morning, I got up very early as I often do. Like I often I'm up by four. Yesterday morning I got up, it was three thirty or four o'clock, and I started typing. And I started typing in response to what I can only say was the Holy Spirit. Like I, I was led, I think, yesterday morning to do a bunch of typing. And what I was typing, what I was writing for myself, and there's a sense in which I was writing it for myself, there was a sense in which I was writing it for you. I was writing about a challenge that I think the Holy Spirit wants to give to us. A challenge that the Holy Spirit has presented to us. Um, You know, sometimes people talk about preachers being prophetic. And when I say prophetic, I don't mean in the sense of of telling what's going to happen next week or two months from now or something like that. I just mean that there's a sense in which preachers, when they preach, they prophesy, and they prophesy about where the church should be, where God's people should be. It's like when Amos would say to the people of old, repent for your sins or something. And, And there's a challenge that's been laid on my heart this morning. And I think it's because God has something that he wants us to do. I think it's because God has something that he wants us to be. There are some times when we get in his way. There are some times when we need to make adjustments and move forward. And this morning I'm kind of confronted by God. Confronted by his spirit. Confronted by the word of God about something and I think God's spirit wants to speak to us. Now for those of you who are here for the first time or been here just a few times, I don't usually talk like this. I don't usually get up and say that I think God's spirit has led me into something. That's not usually my vocabulary. In fact, I'm not even going to say that I always had that experience of feeling when I get up on Sunday morning to preach that God has 
specially anointed me to say something or specially led me to say something. That's just not the way I talk and and think all the time. But this morning is one of those times. And I don't know what to say other than I feel like God is saying something. Now I want you to look at this passage of scripture with me. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And what I want us to focus on first is this line at the end where he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What exactly does that mean? Normally, when we apply this verse to ourselves, we apply it individually. And we say, well, if we live this way, then heaven will not be ours. We won't go to heaven. And this morning, I want to apply it in a little bit different way. What I want us to do instead of applying it individually is to apply it corporately. And I want to ask this kind of question. What does it mean for the church to not inherit the kingdom of God. What does it mean for us as a body of people if we don't fully live out the life that God wants us to live? What does it mean for us as a body of people to not inherit the kingdom of God? And I would say that it means we cannot fully possess and experience God's work among us. Again, I think I was listening to the Lord in the last couple of days as he was saying to me, there is work for this church to do. There are things that we want you to get accomplished. But there are also things that sometimes stand in your way and that you need to move through. And so, as much as the sinful nature lives in us, the church's ministry, I'm afraid, is hampered. I don't think that we can be all that God wants us to be as a church. I don't think we can get everything accomplished that we need to get accomplished as long as there are things that hamper us. In uh, 1996, I went out and I bought for our family. And it was, I understand I was really thinking of the kids and Robin when I bought this. I bought a 1980 four-wheel drive F250 that was worth $350. It was completely rusted out. The floorboards were gone. There were holes in the bed. There was rust around the fenders. It had no rear end, and the right rear front tire towed in so badly that you couldn't actually push it down the road if there was a rear end. I paid $350 for it, and I loved it. It was wonderful. We called it Big Blue because it was blue. And I worked so much on this truck and rebuilt so much of this truck that later on, there was some project, I think I may have told you this before, there was some project that I was working on at the house or something, and people, you know, my family was sitting around talking, do you think dad can actually do this? And Megan, who was like eight or nine at the time, looked at everybody and she says, dad can do it, he built Big Blue. (laughs) And And there was a sense in which I kind of did build Big Blue. 
And, and that's because there were just so many things there that needed to be fixed. Well, it turned out, I actually drove that truck for about five or six years. Um, at the end, I bought it for $350, put in my time and effort, drove it for five years, and I sold it for 2000 Not a bad deal, okay? Because something positive happened with that truck in the meantime. And that was that the transformation that took place with this vehicle made it by the end quite usable, and it started to do exactly what it was intended to get accomplished. And the change that took place in that truck, it's like, it's like a church with a little bit of rust. It's like a church that has some holes in the floorboard or that ping in the engine. Or something needs to be done in order to just transform things and get us moving in the direction that we're supposed to go so that we can accomplish the things that we were intended to accomplish. And I'm thoroughly convinced that there are some things that we can do to be all that God wants us to be. Now, this morning, I want to focus on these portions of this fruit of the Spirit kind of passage. Paul talks out, starts out talking about the sinful nature. And he talks about a lot of different things. But when he gets to this point, I think he says some things that really hit us home, hit home with us. He says... Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy are part of the sinful nature. And as opposed to sexual immorality and drunkenness and orgies and the like, as he says, these kinds of things you'll notice specifically have to do with relational, or as we're going to see, fruitless kinds of sins. These have to do specifically with our relationships with one another. And I've just wondered if these are the kind of things that hinder us the most as we move forward in Christ. Now you might wonder what I'm really talking about when I say that, because this can be a bit vague. So let me just say this. There are some times in our relationships with one another within the church when we don't treat each other quite like we should. My sense is that there needs to be a bit of a rebirth of the presence of the Spirit among us when it comes specifically to the fruit of the Spirit and the ways in which the fruit of the Spirit cause us to interact with each other. I think there needs to be a change. I think we need to think seriously about what it means for us to relate to one another and how we do it. In fact, I would say that we must replace these acts of the sinful nature specifically with the fruit. Now, you guys know well the passage in Galatians 5.22 that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It's just below that, verse 19. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what I want to call for this morning, what I think the Holy Spirit laid on my heart, was for us to relate to each other in a way that exemplifies exactly the fruit of the Spirit. I'd like to see us change. I'd like to see us in our relationships with one another, speak to each other, interact with each other in such a way that God's Spirit is so evident among us that everybody knows it and everybody sees it. It would be my hope, in fact that this would start from the very top, if we're going to talk about the top, and when I say there, I mean our elders, to 
Whatever the bottom is. All of us. What I'm hoping is that there is a sense of wanting to cooperate, to be unified, to speak to one another and to treat one another in such a way that it's so evident that God's Spirit is among us. Living out among us our relationships and the way that we interact. I don't know if you've ever had this experience of having somebody in our church family not speak as kindly to you as they need to. Maybe you haven't. And if you haven't, praise the Lord, I'm glad you haven't. But sometimes it does happen. And I think that God wants to transform our speech. I think he wants to change our ways of interacting. I think he wants to change the ways in which we think about each other and the way that we treat each other. And it seems to me like God's spirit and his word is specifically calling us to that right now in the life of our church. Churches go through cycles. Sometimes things are absolutely wonderful. Sometimes things are not so good. I think we're doing well. I'm so blessed with the way in which God has started to really work among us, specifically in leadership and and what we're doing with our direction and our movement. We've talked a lot about how we had several people, 19 or so last time, went down to Post Falls, and they came back excited about what God wants to do among us. There's a chance for God to work among us and to do some really wonderful things. But one of the things that has to be present there in order for us to get all the things accomplished that God wants us to get accomplished is for the fruit of the Spirit to be so evident among us that everybody sees it and knows it. My, my truck did not work when I first got it. We're so far ahead of Big Blue. But there are some ways in which we can improve our circumstances in which the Spirit of God can be alive and transforming among us in a powerful way that puts us in a position to do things that we couldn't possibly do if God wasn't working among us in that way. And I think He is. I think He wants to. I think He wants to transform us and make us all that He wants us to be. Look at this passage. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about the transformation that can take place within us through the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit is really present here among us, then we really do have the power to see change take place. And whatever it is that you have in your life that you think can be changed or needs to be changed, God's Spirit can do that. And if there are things among us as a corporate body that can be changed, God can do that. Whether it means setting a new direction for us or it means just making the fruit of the Spirit come alive. He can do all of that. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for Him to do it. And so, I would say this. For us, For us specifically, living by the Spirit must mean bearing the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control must be evident among us. And in your relationships with others, when you talk to other people, when you're sharing with somebody about how things are going, whether you're bringing up something in their life that needs to be corrected or you're just sharing about your own, I am praying that these attitudes will be reflected always in our speech, in our interaction. Now, Rebecca didn't cut up all of this fruit for nothing. She's been working here diligently. In fact, we probably should give her a hand for having worked so hard for the last 20 minutes. Way to go, Rebecca. Okay, that's good. You can stop. Yeah. I don't know that I have a piece of fruit here for everybody this morning. I may not. I'm not sure. But what I want us to do is to just share together in what it means to be a body trying to live out the fruit of the Spirit among us. And when I said that I want it to stop at the, or start at the top, what I mean is that I want it to start with the elders. And so I'd like our elders, Gary, Bud, Jack, raise your hand if you're an elder just so I can see you. Okay? I know John's over there. Don't just raise your hand if you're Elder Lee. Okay? Did I miss anybody? Our elders need, when they relate to one another, to speak and to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That needs to be part of who our elders are. They need to model that for us in every aspect. Then, for sure, our staff needs to do the same thing. And so I know Jack's over here. And I know that Peter is on the other side. Let me just throw one to you, Peter. No. Peter also needs to exemplify this in terms of living out the fruit of the Spirit. And so, Pete, here you go. Christine's not here, but we'll convince her to eat some fruit this week. And I know that I need it in my own life, too. When it comes to relating to people and being what God wants me to be and living out the fruit of the Spirit... That needs to be in me as much as anybody. And I can tell you sincerely this morning, I don't always do it, but I want to. I want to be what God wants me to be in relating to other people. I want to be loving and joy-filled and peace-filled and patient and kind and gentle and faithful and in control in the way that I deal with others, treating them with respect and love. Now, the rest of you, you need to do it too. I've got lots of fruit here. <laughs> I was, I may still, I'm, I want to put this on here, the, on the, the, uh, on the platform here, and for all of you to come up and get some afterwards. But as someone said to me this morning, as I was thinking about this, have you thought about H1N1? 
And I realized that's a concern. That was why Rebecca had that, so she could wash her hands, and I washed mine as well. But if you feel okay with this, this morning, at the end, this is here. And it's possible that there will be a quiet moment for you of reflection as we sing and as we just finish our service together, and you think to yourself, I need in my life to have the Holy Spirit come and transform my speech and the way that I deal with other people. And if that's the case, I encourage you to go up and to take a piece of apple or pear or whatever she might have cut up and to get a piece. Whether you do or not, the point, of course, is not just for us to eat some fruit. The point is for us to live out some fruit. I so badly want the fruit of the Spirit to totally capture our hearts and for us to exemplify totally the fruit of the Spirit in every personal interaction that we possess. This week, you're going to have opportunities to relate to other people. There are going to be times when tensions will rise. There will be moments this week when some challenge is going to come to you. And I'm hoping that when that comes, that you'll be able to think for yourself about what it means for you to live out the fruit of the Spirit in your life. I am so convicted that God wants us to take this seriously and to relate to one another in this way. And I just, I, I not only pray He will, but I believe He will. Let's pray together. Holy Father, we want to love each other. God, we want to be joy-filled. Father, we want peace, a sense of peace, a spirit of peace to reign among us. Father, we want to be patient with each other and kind. Father, we'd like to be good in our relations to each other and so that people would say, oh, they responded to me well. They treated me well. They were good. Father, we want to be gentle in our responses to others. We want to be gentle if we have to rebuke somebody. We want to be gentle when someone hurts. In all our relationships, we want to have that that kind of soft spirit that allows us to, to deal well with others and reflect your spirit. Father, we want to be faithful in all that we do so that every uh, word that comes from our mouths expresses in some way the presence of Jesus in our hearts. And Father, I pray that you'd help each of us to control especially our anger and the ways in which we sometimes lash out at people instead help us to transform that speech into the kindness and gentleness that is so much the opposite. Help us to be self-controlled in that way. Lord, we all need this. You know we do. We want your spirit to come and live within us and transform us, make us new. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing here.